quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This is the story of one man, one chef, and a city. Also, it's about France and a lot of other chefs. And a culinary tradition that grew up to change the world of gastronomy. It's about a family tree, about the trunk from which many branches grew. And it's about food, lots of food, great food, some of the greatest food on earth. Took a walk through this beautiful world Felt the cool rain on my shoulder Found something good in this beautiful world I felt the rain getting colder What is it exactly about this place? Over the past century, the system here, the tradition, whatever it is that took hold here, churned out a tremendous number of the world's most important chefs. Point, Chapelle, Trois-Gros, Bocuse, and as importantly, influenced nearly all the rest of them. Why Lyon? Why is this such a gastronomic capital, though? I mean, why Bocuse here? Why Trois-Gros here? Why all of these great chefs? Because Lyon is it's really positioned between the north and the south. Right. You are locked in between Burgundy and Rhone. Lyon, it's the second largest city in France, situated in the southeast of the country, midway between the Alps in the east and the Mediterranean to the south. This was also a bottleneck when cars became the mode of transportation. It goes right to the heart of the idea of the Michelin driving the destination on the way to the... Completely. Out of that system came chefs like this guy, Daniel Boulou. Like Prince or Madonna, he needs really only one name. In New York or anywhere in the chef world, Danielle. The name of his three-star eponymous restaurant in Manhattan. One of many in an empire that stretches from London to Singapore. He came from here, a farm outside the city of Lyon, through the city's great kitchens to Le Cirque in New York, then his flagship. So when did you start working with food? 14 years old, 1969. Uh-huh. I started as an apprentice in Lyon. He started as so many French cooks of his time did, at the very bottom, as a 14-year-old apprentice in the restaurant Nandral. What was your first job in the kitchen? They used to call me the beaver because I was 
just washing everything all day. You know, they make you clean the vegetable, they make you carry all the boxes from the market. 14, you can't do that anymore, can you? I don't think you can make him work 12 hours a day. Right. And uh, pay him uh, maybe a buck a month, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh, the good old days. Yeah, well. Why Lyon? Why here? Look at the fundamentals, the things the Lyonnais think of as birthrights. The right, for instance, to eat delicious cured pork in unimaginably delicious forms. The art of charcuterie, Lyonnais can't live without it. Look at this. Terrine, pâté, sausages, rillette. It's an art that's revered here and widely enjoyed. Monsieur Renaud. Bonjour. Merci. Avec grand plaisir. Tony. Bonjour, monsieur. Tony, voilà. Tony. And few names garner more respect from aficionados of pig than Reynaud. Alors, on a le, le saucisson à cuire, là, en ce moment. 20, 20 tons of saucisson, just inside this room. The holiday are coming, and they're going mad with the production of saucisson. Right. In a relentlessly cold room, pork shoulder, belly, and fat back are fed in batches through a vertical chopper. A sprinkling of seasoning and spices. Removed in large balls of finely, but not too finely, chopped meat. You do not want to get your hand caught in one of these things. Then mixed to a smooth perfection with the dough hook. Mana. A lot of work. Spread out and layered for consistent seasoning, formed into shapes, and smacked to remove air bubbles. Make sure the meat gets really tight. Into the sausage machine and piped into organic casings. Trust me, it ain't easy. Very light touch. Let's see there, wise guy. Come on, let's let's see this. That's how you get pregnant. <laughs> It's all in the knee. Yeah. Just release at the end. It's a serious workplace, but with production nearly done, this being France and all, it's time for a snack and some wine. Doing what I'm good at, eating. This is the saucisson à cuire. This is so good. Sabaudet, another of Lyon's most famous sausages, is made primarily from pig's head with pork belly, pork shoulder, brandy, nutmeg, and allspice mixed in for flavor. This always cooked, served hot? Yeah. Oh, man, that's good. That's what we're going to eat with my father. Oh, yeah? I'm going to get some here of the skin. Saucisson de Lyon, le vrai saucisson de Lyon. He knows he does really good work. Uh -huh. He knows how good his stuff is, you know? <laughs> Cheers. Ah, nice. Uh, it's a beautiful day in Lyon. Yeah. a city that believes absolutely in the power of food, one name is everywhere. A name that brought honor, attention, and millions of visitors to the city. Though there had been many chef heroes in the annals of gastronomy, in Lyon and even across France, one name stands above all others. Murals, bridges, markets, casual brasserie, 
The name of Monsieur Paul is everywhere. But one of his most enduring institutions is this, l'Institut Bocuse, one of the nation's great culinary schools. Now, just to give you an idea of the standards here, the kind of traditional dishes, baseline, old-school fundamentals you're expected to master before you move on to becoming a creative genius all your own, meet these guys. Mathieu Vianney, Joseph Viola, and the Institute's top dog, Alain Le Cossac. Chefs and MOFs all, otherwise known as muffs. Pretty much pay your flight home, private. Master chefs. Every four years, they have this MOF competition. MOF is... Uh, Meilleur ouvrier de France. The master craftsman of France. There's about 30 disciplines of craftsmen where you can acquire the MOF. See that red, white, and blue around their necks? That means they made it through the brutally, unreasonably rigorous competition that pits hundreds of top chefs against each other, where only a handful survive. So basically four or five every four years. Certified by the highest in the land as being at the very top of the top of their professions. Muff challenges often include ultra old school classics not unlike the one we're making today. Poulard en vessie. Thick slices of black truffle are slipped under the skin of a chicken from Bresse, the Rolls Royce of chickens. It's then tied, slipped inside a pig's bladder, and steamed in court bouillon until tender. The idea is to concentrate the flavor of the truffle inside the bladder. But the dish they choose, it's always in reference to a chef of the past. And this was a dish La Mère Brasier was doing. The at times brutal world of the Michelin star kitchen looks much of the time like a boys club. But where did they come from? If we track back a bit to where it all began for Lyon and for many of the chefs whose names we now know and look up to, it all goes back to here. La Mère Brasier, the godmother, the original master, teacher, chef, force. Two restaurants with three Michelin stars, an achievement no one, male or female, had ever attained and for many years, Lyon's most famous chef. Her influence runs right through every kitchen that's come since, and her graduates carry on her recipes and her traditions. This was one of hers, a signature. For the next hour, you keep putting hot bouillon like this. The most miserable thing is when the bladder explodes. It's never a good thing when a bladder explodes. As the chicken cooks, the bladder starts to really expand. You have to talk to your bladder. I do all the time, believe me. Please hold up, please hold up. You're not here. People are looking. Wait till you get in between cars. A rather luxurious sauce of more, much more black truffle and generous amounts of foie gras and triple cream. Perfect. Nice milkshake. <laughs> Slightly pink around the legs, but cooked through, the flesh perfumed by the generous slices of truffle. Who gets to eat like this? We do. How is it, Tony? It is 
divine. You see the perfect balance in the sauce. If I was a chicken, that's the way I would like to end up. Even if I weren't a chicken, I'd want to go like this. Die surrounded by truffles and foie gras and fine wine. Monte et merci. This podcast is supported by Sleep Number. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores? Sleep Number does that. Only Sleep Number smart beds let you each choose your ideal comfort and support. Your Sleep Number setting. Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. All Sleep Number smart beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. Temperature-balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent. This week on Chasing Life... Lately, we have been paying attention to a very different virus, bird flu, which is caused by the H5N1 virus. If you start to hear that it's circulating in pigs, that would be a concern. That means I would go from sleeping with one eye open to one and a half eyes open. Yeah, that would make me very concerned. Listen to Chasing Life wherever you get your podcasts. of a powerful engine, the screech of rubber, and off we go, kings of the road in our Citroën de Chevaux, two horsepower classic. No power steering, huh? <laughs> it's like a toy car. We're going back in time a bit, to the area where Danielle grew up, where life was very different from New York. Were you the misfit of the family? Rebellious or...? I was, I was quite rebellious. My parents were talking to me about the idea of taking over the farm as the oldest son. That would have been the logical thing. Right. And but, but uh, The farmer's life was not for you? No. He grew up in a true farm family. You milked the cows, tended the animals. Danielle claims he never even saw processed food until he was a teenager. A brief respite by the side of the road, and some passers-by are apparently less appreciative of fine automobiles than we are. A short consultation with an automotive professional, and we're back on the road. Back, in this case, to school. This was Danielle's old elementary school in the nearby town of Saint-Pierre-de-Chandieu. I am automatically taken back to memories of my own school days. The smell of caustic pine cleaner, 
chalkboards, and fear. The cruel ministrations of tiny-eyed lunch ladies slopping canloads of prison chow into steam tables. Chipped beef, tuna noodle surprise, and powdered mashed potatoes that haunt my sense memories still. Pumpkin soup today with uh, onion, nutmeg, and chicken stock. But basic good pumpkin soup. This is Marie. Head chef, cook, host, and server for 320 hungry and very discriminating French schoolchildren ages 3 to 12. On the menu prefix today, a pumpkin soup, a fresh blanquette de poisson with white wine, vanilla, and shallot, served with homemade couscous, and a sauce suprême. This is a very sophisticated meal for, for, for children. That's a nice meal. I was a little shit in school, frankly. I yeah. was, and like a lot of the other students, we were like, oh, no, I want pizza, pizza, pizza. Are the children here open to variety? We want to make sure that they always get a little challenged by how the food looks, then the smell, and also the taste after. I think she has a very strict budget. In the USA, greatest country in the world, no doubt, we spend an average of 275 per student for public school lunch. Compare and contrast. And a whole 0.5 maximum. $1.50. Did you eat this well when you were here? Absolutely. Je m'appelle Tony. Bonjour. Bonjour. Bonjour, Daniel. Ça va? The kids attack their food like hungry trenchermen, wiping out three servings in the time it takes me to eat one. I guess they like it. It's good. Delicious. Well, yeah, this is good. I tell you, I don't think my chef in New York we do better. I love they cook with wine, too. You're going to jail for that in the States. Exactly, I'm making the sauce. Crap, these kids eat fast. But look how fast right. this kid eats. Turn your head, they'll eat your soup right out of your plate. My school lunchroom. You pushed up your tray, just like in prison. Bop, Here. move it along. Bop, yeah. move it along. Come, they come to you and serve you. Most important thing, and that we see here, is the love Mary gave to the food she makes and to the kids she serves. I think it, it has a lot to do with the reaction they have to food. Dessert is homemade fromage blanc, farmer cheese, with chocolate and orange segments. What do you want to be when you grow up? Veterinarian. Fireman. Et toi, tu veux quoi? Engineering machine gun. He wants to make machine Engineer, guns. Engineering machine gun, yeah. Oh, okay, keep an eye on that one, all right. For a dope fiend, feeding the monkey means finding and sticking with heroin. For one poor guy, it's this. French food. In particular, Lyonnais food. Hey, boom, boom. <laughs> the cautionary tale of Bill Buford. Writer, editor, literary lion with a perfectly good job as fiction editor at the prestigious New Yorker magazine. At the undignified age of 53, he pretty much pulled up stakes put his whole past life on hold, and defected to France to learn how to cook. What happened to you anyway, Buford? <laughs> you used to have a good job. You hang out a couple of nights with Batali, and then next thing you know, you're living in France. It's true. And cooking. I, I discovered a whole world that the rest of the world didn't seem to know about. It's just a very compressed, intense, lifelong learned expertise and knowledge of food. It's not the Food Network, and it's, it's not glossy magazines, and it's, it's not something you get from reading a recipe book. It's something you get by just going deep. And I was afraid of France because I knew if I went 
took on the subject of French food, I'd have to go really deep. So we went and we thought we'd stay for six months and we, we, we stayed for five years. We meet at Bouchon Comptoir Abel. A Bouchon is a uniquely Lyonnais institution, a casual, laid-back kind of a pub-slash-bistro with a limited, usually old-school menu and always, always an unpretentious vibe. People come here to unwind, to relax, and to eat with abandon. So you say outright recently in uh, one of your published works that Lyon is better than Paris. Lyon is a dark, tragic, beautiful, well-eating city, and everybody here knows that they have a really good life, and they don't give a flying fig if anybody else knows about it. They don't actually want visitors. If you were to pick one iconic dish to represent the Bouchon Lyonnais, it would have to be the Canel de Brochet and not particularly fabulous river fish, pike, folded into a light dough like pâté choux until fluffy and airy but still rich, adrift in a rich, creamy, almost bisque-like Nantua sauce made with crayfish, creme fraiche, white wine, and a splash of brandy. Pretty amazing for really one of the world's less wonderful fish. It's kind of a nice mix of France and Italy. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers gentlemen. Good to see you. What a treat to meet together in Lyon. If you're really going to understand a place, love it the way it deserves to be loved, maybe you have to live there. Bill Buford did just that and made Leon his home. Today he's taking me somewhere only someone from the home team could be expected to know about. It's a beautiful day, the sky is blue, we're feeling the seasons changing, and we're about to go into a dark room, and you eat a very Leonese menu, and you drink a vast quantity of Leonese wine. And what sinister bodies will be in there? The only kind of people who would do this kind of thing on a bright, pretty day. It's a very male tradition. You work hard, you drink harder. Oh, 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 oh. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. The mysterious, fabulous, goofy, wonderful bro-fests called Franck Machon. These are basically eating and drinking societies that go back over a century, when the silk workers of Lyon would finish their night shifts early in the morning. Hungry and looking to get, shall we say, completely hammered, they take over a bouchon, stuff their faces like heroes, blow off the proverbial steam in decidedly French fashion which is to say, no freaking Gaitalian nachos or mozzarella sticks for these boys. Hell no. How often do you do this? Eight times a year. It's a very Leonese thing, societies, some secret, all of them sort of like special memberships. And there must be like 50 of these things that I know about. Remember if you're invited to be a member and remain a member for the rest of your life. The food is invariably deliciously dinosauric and heavy, yet always glorious classics like Blanquette de Veau, the slow, slowly stewed neck and shoulder pieces of veal with mushrooms served over rice. Hunks of bread and wine, local Beaujolais, of course, and lots of it. Santé. 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 No woman, no politics, no religion. And it works. And for 
50 years. <laughs> yes. Do women have a national, their own organizations? Yes. There are. So somewhere on the other side of town, there were a lot of women sitting around drinking wine, eating blanquette, and bitching about the men. Uh-oh. <laughs> and then there will be, yes, singing. And no doubt the telling of lusty jokes, followed by serious official business. Alongside and some say above the names of the other culinary giants in and around Lyon is the name Trois Gros. Started by the visionary brothers Jean and Pierre, Maison Trois-Gros received three Michelin stars in 1968 and sparked a dynasty of culinary excellence that continues today with Pierre's son Michel and his son César. My dream was always to put Maison Trois-Gros on my resume. <laughs> it's my first day chez Trois-Gros. Anthony, bonjour. Bonjour. Comment allez-vous? Très bien. Many have called Maison Trois-Gros the best restaurant in the world. And in the 60s, the brothers Pierre and Jean were early, important, and fundamental innovators of what came to be known as Nouvelle Cuisine. Behold, one of their breakout classics. One of the truly game-changing, timeless, most influential dishes in history. It seems now, maybe, a simple thing. But it absolutely turned the world upside down when it debuted on the Trois Gros menu in 1962. I mean, when you have a dish this legendary, this iconic, there's no escaping. The Rolling Stones will always have to play Jumping Jack Flash. If you Google Trois Gros, you'll see this name. So forget everything you have on Google. <laughs> Before this, fish was generally overcooked. It was served alongside elaborate garnishes, starches, vegetables. This simple, elegant, almost Japanese ode to flavor changed the way we cook fish in restaurants today and how we make sauces, what our plates look like. I remember seeing a picture of this uh, as a young man. I'm getting goosebumps seeing this. Thrilling. Perfect. Uh, it's mm, beautiful. It's all about the, the timing. The moment you put the, the fish on the pan, the moment you put the, the salad on the sauce, it's very important. Okay. Wow. Oh, all right. Then, from now to you in the dining room, it will take about one minute. Right. So. One minute is the time to have it perfect. Because it, it's cooking all the way. Mm. Look at the croissant. Oh, perfect. <laughs> it's a perfect dish. Sinful and delicious. It's really one of the great ideas of the 20th century. <laughs> Sensual. 
The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish. So there have been arrests, suspensions, disciplinary hearings. They're shutting down graduation events. At this moment, the part of the protests that are admirable are young people calling attention to atrocities. Michael Roth is the president of Wesleyan University. I would like to make a space for them to do that, as long as that space doesn't prevent other people from pursuing their education. Listen to The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish, on your favorite podcast app. When Leon, one can't help but see a line from there, from the rustic dishes of the farm in the Bouchon, to here, the classics of the great tables of Europe. All roads lead here. A major trunk of the tree that goes back to Carême and beyond. Monsieur Paul Bocuse. The Brigade. The way it is done and has always been done since Escoffier instituted a military-style hierarchy into the kitchen. Where the only acceptable response to any question or any command is we chef. This is the special forces, the SAS of cooking. And these cooks live to avoid, under any circumstances, disappointing their comrades, the hierarchy, or Monsieur Paul. Danielle worked here, and so have many, many who have gone on to run their own celebrated kitchens. In the 70s, as a young wannabe cook, I managed to lay hands on a French copy of Paul Bocuse's classic cookbook, La Cuisine de Marché. And I gaped with wonder at the photos, struggled to translate the descriptions of dishes so fantastic I was quite sure I'd never, ever in my life cook, much less eat. If you could please say how honored and grateful I am to be here. This is a dream come true. Paul, you say he's very honored. Over the years, how many great chefs have come through this restaurant and gone on to open great restaurants? Beaucoup. C'est formidable. Il y en a un peu dans le monde entier. Je dis quand je voyage, j'en trouve toujours un. You always have a child somewhere around the world because everywhere he goes around the world. But Bocuse too is and was a part of the system. He came up with his own cruel and terrifying masters, and their faces are here. L'histoire, Paul, ses, ses inspirations. Et... Fernand Point, the towering and intimidating figure behind La Pyramide. Out of his kitchens came such figures as Alain Chapelle, Michel Guerrard, François Bise, Roger Verger, Georges Perrier, the brothers Trois-Gros, and many more. This was all the, the gang of the Nouvelle Cuisine up there. The 60s in New York. And Paul and Michel Guerrard. Every great chef I've ever met has nightmares. Uh, they're still a young man. They're back in a kitchen. And a chef is yelling at them. Who of his masters? Who is the mère Brasier? The woman. Really? Oui. 
la mère Brasier, in the year 1946, at the ripe old age of 20, Monsieur Paul worked as an apprentice for Brasier. She was such a screamer. He said, you will fall on your ass. She was screaming so hard. She was the first up in the morning and the last one to go to bed. She would go to the market with three cook in the back of the truck and she would put a case of green beans or something and the cook would be sitting down making the beans not to waste time for the rest of the mise en place. Truly a terrifying figure. <laughs> Truffle soup, Elysee. I can't tell you how many hours I stared at photos of this dish, how pathetically I tried to replicate it. Never, ever did I think I'd get to try it, much less like this. Lou en croute fouetté avec sauce charron. Sea bass with a tomato bernaise sauce baked in a meticulously crafted millefeuille crust. This is a great moment. Ils ont que trois caméras. Yeah, you only have three cameras. Or... <laughs> the fish is filled with a delicate lobster mousse, chervil and tarragon, then wrapped carefully in pastry. Notice, please, the careful and expert tableside carving and service. Nous, ça fait 50 ans qu'on fait les mêmes plats. He has been making the same thing for 50 years. Paul has an amazing respect for classic. A pot au feu, the peasant classic. Tony, get closer. You were totally sending me every one of those pictures, yeah, by yeah. the way. Wow, look at that. This style of dish goes back long before cameras, but it's perfect. Is there a more perfect assortment of colors and textures? In this one, a somewhat more luxurious version. Beef shanks, flank steak, oxtail, veal shanks, chicken, marrow bones, beef ribs, leeks, carrots, turnips, fennel, and parsnips, all stewed long and at low temperature, then served with its own deeply rich broth. Thing is enough for the two of us. And then this. Oh, my God. Monsieur, le lièvre à la royale. As if the chef had been listening to my deepest, darkest secret yearnings. The legendary Vievre à la Royale, an almost completely disappeared, incredibly difficult preparation of wild hare. The animal is first slowly cooked, then coated by a sauce of its own minced heart, liver, and lungs that has been thickened with its own blood. After more than six hours of preparation, the hare is served as the chef prefers, whole on the bone, the rich, glorious sauce finished with truffles and chartreuse, nappéed over and over until it coats like richest chocolate. Absolutely the lost ark of the covenant of cuisine ancienne. Everything great about cooking is encapsulated in this dish. We, we will continue all over the world to make cuisine of Paul many generations to come. Forever. I will never eat like this again in my life. Chef, merci. The meal of my life. Today, I was treated to the greatest hits of a glorious and fabled career. For the first and probably the last time, I sat next to the great man himself, and Danielle and I were served a menu that chefs will look back on in a hundred years and smile at appreciatively, sentimentally, respectfully. Thank you. 
So, me and Danielle were going hunting, and over lunch we'd mentioned that fact to Paul Bocuse, who immediately insisted, insisted, that if we wanted to go duck hunting, we should come by his crib. And so we find ourselves in the morning mist of Les Dômes, a rural area about a half hour outside Lyon. And sure enough, in spite of his 88 years and the fact that he's been less than well, 9 a.m. on the nose, there he is, sitting on top of his beloved John Deere with his faithful dog, Festin, ready to go. Nice, fresh morning. Yeah, I was just thinking. That dog is happy. (laughs) The great chef loves this place, and you can see why. Monsieur Paul can't safely hunt, but he's happy to charge around flushing birds for us. do this all day. That was about as good as we're going to get, too. You got bullet to fall. Wild ball. <laughs> if you look long enough, you start hallucinating. You start hallucinating ducks where there aren't any. You see that one falling? Okay, not a moment to waste. Quickly, a second shot. Okay. You got it? Yeah. Right there. Là-bas, sur le pont. Festin. Oh, Festin. Là, là, là. Between me and Danielle and Festin the dog, we managed to actually bag a few ducks. Good job. Done là. Yeah là. Festin. Very good. Easy, easy shot. Then it's back to the lodge, clearly Bocuse's happy place, where we meet up with some hunting buddies of the great chef. You did a good job, no? Success. Yeah, it's fantastic. Is this the, 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 the hunting lodge, the weekend getaway, hang out with the guys? That's where you come. Every day, almost. Huh? Tu viens pratiquement ici tous les jours. Un peu moins maintenant, mais vraiment yeah. tout le temps. Yeah, a little bit less. On piège beaucoup. Look the picture behind. You see? For tonight's meal, we pluck and roast some woodcocks over an open fire. Cook up some well-aged duck and pheasant. They made this at the Auberge Paul Bocuse. It's a Swiss star mashed potato here. Is it predominantly butter or predominantly potato? Ah. Do you have a head in there somewhere? Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, no, no. That's perfect happiness right there. My father used to say, um, he used to say, I am a man of simple needs. And I noticed that the chef is a nice fire, some birds. We can spend the whole week with Paul and we'll be hunting, we'll be cooking, we'll be eating, drinking, and talking, and that's beautiful. Ah, that's, that's. <laughs> 
Life is good. It is for me a dream to spend this time with a legend. But I'm thrilled that Bocuse too seems genuinely delighted. The Rougeau. The dog you shot was a Rougeau. You see, is the, is the one behind you on the top there? In Lyon, all across France, he's Monsieur Paul. He's the great chef, a public figure, a hero, an institution, always treated with the greatest deference. Here it appears he's free to enjoy the simple things with friends and local farmers who talk to him like anybody else. It's a pretty damn magical thing to see. Danielle may be a three-star Michelin chef, but like so many of his predecessors, he's basically a farm boy at heart. He grew up milking cows and doing farm work here on his family's spread. There is, it turns out, something of a restaurant tradition to build on. The house on his farm was once a small cafe as well, operated first by his grandparents and great-grandparents. The famous Café Boulou, it turns out, was not the first place to bear that name. They kept it about uh, 80 years or 100 years, and then uh, they closed it. Voilà. Cinq minutes, cinq minutes. Meeting Danielle's dad, one begins to understand the roots of his perfectionism. Bien calculé, hein? Très bien calculé. His mom, dad, wife Catherine, and Danielle collaborate. Attends, attends. With some debate. <laughs> on a super old school farmhouse classic. The sort of thing that good times, bad times, a family could make with stuff that's always readily available on the farm. Check this out. It's a hollowed out pumpkin layered with toasted hunks of stale country bread, which Monsieur Boulou Sr. bakes himself. Nutmeg, grated Gruyere cheese, mushrooms, fresh cream from the cows, and the meat of the pumpkin. And a layer of bacon also, homemade pancette. Very good. Oh man, it's heavy. Is he concerned that the pumpkin's going to try to get out? Daniel's dad could be something of a Gallic MacGyver. You don't waste stuff around here, and he's a bit of an inventor anyway. How much would you pay for a machine like this? Look at this. An old washing machine turned still. <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> so underneath we have the grab but to seal it so there's no air coming in, the cement on top. It's not distilled yet, it's just fermented. Leftover grape solids from the winemaking process usually used to make liquor like grappa. Today, a different use. <laughs> if we can get it out of here. Hang on, why did you put so much cement on it? This is funky. Mmm, super. We'll be using this delightfully funky stuff to flavor the steam that cooks the vegetables and the Sabaday sausages from Monsieur Renan inside the still. 
we come back in uh, an hour. At dusk, we settle for dinner. Oh, la, la. oh look at that. There is the pumpkin. Incredible. Look at that. Wow. Whoa. The pumpkin is amazing. We also have that great sabote sausage from Monsieur Reynaud. Oh, look at that. Cabbage and potatoes, all steamed in the still. The flavor you get from the fermented grape, awesome. Yeah, it's awesome, huh? But good. So good. And if you know Danielle at all, he can't really help himself. He's popping up and down, serving everybody, making sure everything's just right. And sitting here with his family in the house he grew up in, you can see where it all comes from. Madame and Monsieur, their son, uh, he's now gigantic international success. When he was a young man at 14, sneezing in the field, did they ever anticipate this? You too. No. No early indications of greatness? But I mean, there is a line, isn't there, from the farm and haute cuisine. They all reflect the region, hopefully. Yeah. But in the best case, they're interdependent. They, they come from each other. In fact, who cooks in the, in the great restaurants? Well, farm boys, basically. Yeah. That's who always cook. My deepest thanks to your mother and your father. Thank you. Merci. Next time, my father make you drive the tractor. <laughs> <laughs> When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.